Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 378 of our three-year journey through God's Word together, and we come to 1 Samuel chapter 9, where we first meet Saul, the first king of Israel. And he's an impressive figure when we first meet him, uh, but we know that things are not going to turn out well with this first king of Israel. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to his word today. Father, thank you for your love and for your constant faithfulness in our lives day by day. Thank you for an opportunity to spend time in your word again together. Thank you for this technology that allows us to connect in this way online. And we pray that you would bless us as we look at your word, help us to understand and grow in it, help us to love you through it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 9. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Becheroth, son of Aphiah, a Benjaminite, a man of wealth. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. So Kish said to Saul, his son, Take one of the young men with you, and arise, and go and look for the donkeys. And he passed through the hill country of Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. And they passed through the land of Shalim, but they were not there. Then they passed through the land of Benjamin, but did not find them. When he came to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come. Let us go back, lest my father cease to care about the donkeys and become anxious about us. But he said, Behold, there is a man of God in this city, and he is a man who is held in honor. All that he says comes true. So now let us go there. Perhaps he can tell us the way we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, But if we go, what can we bring the man? For the bread in our sacks is gone, and there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul again, Here, I have with me a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, Come, let us go to the seer. For today's prophet was formerly called a seer. And Saul said to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they went up the hill to the city, they met young women coming out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? They answered, He is. Behold, he is just ahead of you. Hurry. He has come just now to the city because the people have a sacrifice today on the high place. As soon as you enter the city, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat till he comes, since he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Now go up, for you will meet him immediately. So they went up to the city. As they were entering the city, they saw Samuel coming out toward them on his way to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel. He shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have seen my people, because their cry has come to me. 
When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, Here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He it is who shall restrain my people. Then Saul approached Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, where is the house of the seer? Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for today you shall eat with me, and in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is on your mind. As for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not set your mind on them, for they have been found. And for whom is all that is desirable in Israel? Is it not for you and for all your father's house? Saul answered, Am I not a Benjaminite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me in this way? And Samuel took Saul and his young men and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of those who had been invited, which were about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion I gave you, of which I said to you, put it aside. So the cook took up the leg and what was on it and set them before Saul. And Samuel said, See, what is kept is set before you. Eat, because it was kept for you until the hour appointed that you may eat with the guests. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. And when they came down from the high place into the city, a bed was spread for Saul on the roof, and he lay down to sleep. Then at the break of dawn, Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Up, that I may send you on your way. So Saul arose, both he and Samuel went out into the street. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to pass on before us, and when he has passed on, stop here yourself for a while, that I may make known to you the word of God. That is 1 Samuel chapter 9. Well, we meet Saul in this chapter, as I said, and and he's a pretty impressive guy. First of all, we're told that he was a handsome young man, that there was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. And then we're told that from the shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. I mean, that's pretty impressive. No one more handsome than him and no one taller than him. I mean, I know tall people tend to be very handsome. I know that from personal experience, of course. But this is <laughs> this is uh, telling us these in an outward way, you could not find someone who was more impressive than Saul among the people of Israel. By the outward appearance, there would be no one better looking and there would be no one taller than Saul in all of Israel. But to anticipate a little bit, what we will find out when we meet with David is when God will say, do not look on outward appearances for man judges according to outward appearances, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so this first king of Israel, Saul, was, I believe, given by God to the people in part to show them that they should not judge rulers and leaders and men of standing by their outward appearance, that it is what is in the heart that matters most. And David was a man after God's own heart, not a perfect man, not a sinless man. Saul 
was not. We don't really hear anything in this passage about Saul's direct faith in the Lord. It's not like once the donkeys went missing, Saul sought the Lord and prayed to him and wanted to follow his lead. He didn't, they didn't go directly to the man of God. He's just, he's a man of action. He's a man of hard work. He's a man of handsome appearance and he's a man of tall stature. All outward things, but inwardly, there is something very much lacking in Saul. And we don't see it a lot in this chapter, but it is going to come up later and the seeds of it are here. And it appears to be humility, but there's a fine line in scripture at times, outwardly at least, between what is actually humility manifesting itself outwardly and what is an insecurity and a fear of man and a a sense of inadequacy that is even going so far as to say, you know, God cannot or has not made me uh, adequate. And we see this when I'm going to scroll down here to verse 21, when Samuel has been speaking to Saul and Saul answers him and says, am I not a Benjaminite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me in this way? Now, if this is all we knew of Saul, we could simply say, this could just be humility, or this could just be, you know, something appropriate for him to say that he's not worthy of these wonderful things to be said, because Samuel has just said about him, and for whom is all, and for whom is all that is desirable in Israel, is it not for you and for all your father's house? That's a pretty stunning thing to say about anybody, and it would be appropriate in humility to say, who am I that all that is desirable in Israel would be about me, for me, and for my father's house. And he is a Benjaminite. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that, so it can appear to be humility. But what we find out later in Saul's story is that really this is an insecurity, a fear of man, a a hesitancy to accept who God has called him to be, a hesitancy to step into and enter into his calling. Uh, And that is going to be a real problem for for Saul throughout his kingship. And it's going to be his, his undoing, his insecurity. So humility is good. Self-forgetfulness, not having too high of a view of ourselves, depending upon the Lord. Humility is good. Insecurity is bad. Insecurity uh, leads to fear of man, leads to acting out of anxiety and fear and not out of faith and confidence in the Lord. And outwardly, they can look the same. Humility and insecurity can look similar outwardly. But the heart is actually very, very different. Having a humble assessment of yourself so that you are depending upon God for everything is good. But being so insecure, even in the Lord, that you are living in fear and anxiety is is bad. And, And that's really what we see, I believe, in the heart 
of, of Saul. Now, what reason would Saul have to be insecure? I mean, we're told that his, his father was a man of wealth and that he was handsome and that he was tall. What would he have reason to be insecure? Well, he was a Benjaminite. Well, how did the book of Judges end? The tribe of Benjamin doesn't have a good story at the end of the book of Judges, right? And the the whole rape of the Levite's concubine and how her body's torn into 12 pieces and set throughout all of Israel. And then they call for a civil war against the tribe of Benjamin and they basically slaughter almost all of the men of the tribe of Benjamin because there's just been this horrible, there's a horrible, horrible sinfulness that was being tolerated in in Benjamin. And so Benjamin was the least in number of all the tribes of Israel because they had been the target of this civil war of justice, of vengeance. But they were also the least in reputation among the tribes of Israel because they had this really dark stain in their not-so-distant past of the whole tribe being willing to go to war to defend uh you know, a whole town of rapists, of, of gang rapists, you know, and so it's, he has reason. He has reason to not think highly of himself and to think that others would not think highly of himself because he is a Benjaminite. But again, reasons that give us cause to be humble and to depend upon the Lord is different from reasons that then become a reason for us to say, well, it's impossible for God to use me or there's nothing God can do with my life and to sort of beat ourselves up self-loathing. So insecurity, another another way of thinking about that in, in when it gets darker is a self-loathing. And humility and self-loathing are not the same thing. Throughout church history, sometimes God's people have confused those things. And so people thought, well, if you're humble, then you will you know, deprive yourself and abuse yourself and talk down about yourself. But that's not it at all. Humility is really forgetting about yourself and depending upon the Lord and his strength and not your own. And this insecurity and self-loathing that Saul has because of his background, because of his identity, he has this identity that's got a dark stain in the past. And so he just doesn't believe that God can really use someone like him to fulfill his purpose. And again, we don't see that yet. I don't want to anticipate too much of what's coming, um, but that is what's that is what's coming in the life of Saul. So where do we see Jesus? Well, we see some some simi- some connections by contrast. <laughs> Get my words out right. We see connections by contrast. In other words, how different is King Jesus? He was not impressive in his outward appearance. We're told he had no beauty that we should desire him. He was not someone who, by his family of origin, he was from Nazareth, which was a small town in an obscure part. He was kind of from a despised region that had been Galilee of the Gentiles, was this mixed area. So there is a similarity there between Benjamin and its sort of low background. But Saul comes out of Benjamin as someone who's from a wealthy family and handsome and taller than everyone else. Jesus comes out of Nazareth from a working class family that didn't have a lot of wealth and someone who wasn't particularly handsome or had anything desirable to attract a multitude in his outward appearance. And yet Jesus 
was truly humble. Jesus depended upon his Father by the power of the Holy Spirit for everything. Jesus loved God and loved others, and that humility gave him a strength, a confidence in the Lord that he was going to do what God called him to do by the power of God at work in him, and that made him faithful to the end. True humility leads to a strong God dependency and leads to faithfulness to the end. Whereas in Saul, you have an insecurity and even a self-loathing that leads to doubt, even doubting God, and that leads to faithlessness in the end. So Jesus is here as a contrast to Saul. They have some things in common in that they both come from unlikely places, places of bad reputation, but Saul, by outward appearance, would appear to be a great candidate to be king. Jesus, not so much. And yet Jesus' heart is truly humble before the Lord and strong and faithful and steadfast. So praise God that we don't have this first king who appears outwardly well qualified but is inwardly faithless. We have one who is faithful to the end and is the faithful king. Let's pray. Father, help us to walk in humility. You are all sufficient. You are all powerful. You are all wise and you are all good. So we have every reason and every cause to hope in you, to trust in you, to depend on you, to have confidence in you, but not in ourselves. We know that we are sinful and we know that we are unreliable at best, but but that doesn't hinder you from doing your work in and through us, for nothing is impossible with you. So help us to walk in humility and in faith and to follow after King Jesus, our faithful King. Thank you for him. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's 1 Samuel chapter 9. Tomorrow, we'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 10. Hope you can join me for that. And of course, as always, I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.